Good morning, everyone. It is the 23rd of August. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Seamus Lyons and Asim Kadri. It was a fairly turbulent week for equity markets, while bond markets remained largely unmoved. In the US, the trigger was the FOMC minutes, which give more detail of discussions at the Federal Reserve's July meeting. What was it that spooked the equity markets here, Seamus? Hi, Lorna. Yeah, so last Wednesday, the Fed, they released the minutes of their latest policy meeting, which took place in late July. So the minutes officially stated that, provided that the economy were to evolve broadly as they anticipated, they judged that it could be appropriate to start reducing the pace of asset purchases this year. They also stated that the economy had reached its goal in inflation and that they were close to being satisfied with the progress on job growth. So what spooked markets was that this meant that many members wanted tapering sooner and faster than that was previously anticipated. Yes, you can see why that would be unsettling. Any further comments on these inflationary pressures in the US economy? Yes, so the minutes actually noted substantial differences of opinion here, which was interesting. So some members noted upside risks to inflation and that tapering should start relatively soon in light of these risks. And also that the high inflation readings could prove to be more persistent than they had anticipated. But then we also saw some members worried that inflation could go back down into a downward drift, uh, particularly if COVID cases kept rising, and which would potentially dampen the economic growth. So obviously it was a big discussion point at this recent uh, meeting and obviously a lot more mixed views than we've probably seen from them before. Yes, yeah, so there was a clear reference to this Delta variant of COVID-19 and its possible impact on growth. Indeed. So, I mean, in the post-meeting, uh, so Chairman Powell delivered a statement that he tried to paint a generally upbeat uh, outlook on the economy. But then the minutes, when you look through them, there was some more misgivings about the economic outlook. So, um, in, in these, the Fed officials, they judged that uncertainty was quite high about the outlook and that the COVID-19 Delta variant in particular was posing a material challenge. But then again, the Fed, they did not adjust any of their economic forecasts uh, in the meeting. So I guess one would have to presume they do not yet see the Delta variant materially impacting future growth. But yet it is more of a, a serious discussion point for them. Yes, we'll wait and see how things develop there. But meanwhile, in China, we're still suffering high levels of equity market volatility, Asim. Hi, Lorna. Yes, that's right. So China's biggest tech stocks were hit uh, again last week after a strict data privacy law was approved. So in Hong Kong on Friday, the Hang Seng Tech Index, which comprises of China's largest internet and e-commerce stocks, such as Alibaba and Tencent, filed by 2.5%, whilst the Nasdaq Golden Dragon Index, which is made up of US-listed Chinese stocks, fell almost 10% over the week, its largest weekly drop since April. So the data privacy report, which was released last week, didn't actually give much detail on the contents of the law, but it said it would clarify how sensitive personal data could be processed and also require internet companies to establish strict internal compliance system. So really, this is the continuation of the regulatory clampdown we've seen in the Chinese tech space over recent months. That's resulted in that tech index I referenced falling over 50% from its peak in February this year. On top of that, media reports from China on Friday indicated that the regulatory crackdown will broaden into new areas such as prescription drugs and alcohol, and that resulted in some of the largest healthcare and liquor names also falling sharply over the week. These appear to be quite fundamental policy moves, or perhaps really a switch back to the fundamentals for the People's Republic of China. Yeah, that's right. So one of the drivers behind the recent regulatory clampdown in China has been to enhance social welfare and also create a more equitable society. And we saw proof of that during the recent regulatory action in the education sector, where the government is seeking to make private education more affordable for families in China. 
On top of that, last week gave signs that the People's Republic policy stance is expanding to encompass broader social goals, as during an internal meeting, President Xi called for stronger regulation of higher incomes, and he emphasised the need for high-income groups and enterprises to return more to society. So he made it clear that the party had switched to ensuring common prosperity for all rather than a select few. So it was a pretty clear signal to the private sector that the Chinese Communist Party want to have a stronger say in how businesses are run and China's richest entrepreneurs, the likes of Jack Ma, will continue to be under increasing pressure to think about wider social welfare rather than just their own profitability. Yes, indeed. And this could bring fairly seismic changes then for China's equity markets. Yeah, there is some pretty large concern that the stricter environment across a number of private sectors will make China a less attractive proposition for foreign investors, and that could lead to you know some significant outflows. I would caveat that by saying that you would hope that investors will understand the bigger picture and what the Chinese government is ultimately looking to achieve. So, you know, so whilst in the short term, China's regulatory tightening could be challenging, particularly for those companies listing overseas. You know, I would say that the structural growth opportunities will persist in those sectors where the government policy is a clear tailwind rather than a headwind. And on top of that, equity valuations are clearly now cheaper after a period of being stretched. So you know, I, I would say that China does remain an attractive long-term proposition for investors. Yes, thank you. If we look nearer term then, the week ahead, we have the flash or the early estimates for August PMI data, Seamus. Yes, indeed. So there are a number of uh, PMI flash reports out this week. So we have some on manufacturing, consumer confidence. So yeah, expectations are for similar levels to be maintained from the previous month or so. But then again, you know, recent economic data has been quite mixed and volatile. So it, it'll be interesting to see what figures are released and, you know, and how the markets react to these. Yes, it will. And of course, we have the annual gathering of the world's central bankers at the Jackson Hole Symposium. Yes, so central bankers from around the world will convene this week in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to discuss monetary policy as the global economy enters the 21st month of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, So of particular interest to market participants will be the Fed chairman, Jay Powell, his speech and any clues that he might offer about when the central bank may begin tapering its monthly uh, purchases of $120 billion of debt. So this is going to be the main focus for markets. But there's also usually other issues discovered in, in this meeting as well. So I think this year we might see some discussion on income inequality and its potential effect on, on keeping bond yields structurally lower. Jackson Hole has become a very important meeting in recent years uh, for, you know, for key global economic issues. So it's going to get a lot of attention. Yes, it will. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Lorna. Thanks, Lorna.